a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. I think that we should just stop doing this thing called a radio show. I mean, it's like it's like having a uh, a pet that's been in a cage too long and you let it go, it just goes berserk. That's yes. a bit, that's a bit like this radio show. We haven't done a recording for so long, and this is just as be a disaster more than the regular disaster of table talk radio i know but listen everyone's listening and they say evan sounds different evan evan's <laughs> voice sounds different and that's because ladies and gentlemen you are listening to the voice of pastor gagline no longer evan can you notice no, the difference? no longer a lowly seminary I, I did pump up the bass on my channel a little bit <laughs> that's the indelible character of ordination. Your voice drops like two notes. And that's my buzzword for I you, thought by you the were way. Gonna, I thought you were going to start the show like this. Instead of your normal horsing around, you were going to say, Grace, mercy, and peace to all our right. listeners. Well, first of all, uh, who said <laughs> I who said I was messing around? Second of all... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Congratulations on your ordination. Is it stuck? It's been a week Thank and a bit now? Uh, still, Still in the honeymoon stage. Oh yeah, you remember that? How do, do you do? You, how do you know what that's like? <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, <clears throat> because because uh, all married people start complaining after that, and so I know, <laughs> I know that's when it's over. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So uh, if anyone wants to come up and hear you preach, they can go and um, and uh, to Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River, Oregon, and there you are in the pulpit. Yeah, we did, and and uh, it's funny. It's already happened that uh, a couple, a family of of Table Talk Radio listeners from Kansas were vacationing in in Oregon, and they came to see me on my very first Sunday, uh, all no. the way from all the way from Kansas. So really, that's pretty good, huh? That's pretty good. Did they move there? Are they going to stay? <laughs> no, no, they want to go back to Kansas. Yeah. I don't know why they'll you want to go to they'll Kansas. They'll always have the memories. Oregon. Yeah. They'll uh, always have the memories. You, by the way, me. have become an expert in changing tires, right? Yes. <laughs> you did have a blowout on the way back in the middle of the desert, right there in the, by the game preserve where my dad was driving through one time and saw a mountain lion stalking a herd of wild uh, uh, horses. That's about where we had our blowout. Was that in Nevada? 
uh, yes, it was in Nevada, just south of Oregon in Nevada, about 76 miles north of Winnemucca. Which, yeah, in, if you get to Winnemucca and you think, hey, I'm in the I'm in the middle of nowhere, but dear friend, you are just on the edge of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the that's middle the worst. is still to be found. That's the, that's the worst part of the drive is driving through Nevada. Uh, no disrespect to you, Nevada listeners, uh, but oh man, that was an awful part of the drive. <laughs> it's a good okay. thing they have casinos. <laughs> that's why they have so many casinos. Like, oh, this place is such a uh, a pit. Let's just gamble our money away. Hit. It's not a pit. It's a desert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's do some buzzwords. My buzzword for you is indelible. Indelible. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, this uh, as in indelible character yeah, of that's, using. That, yeah, that's the one. Uh, and actually, this was sent to us um, as as kind of someone f- fed me this this buzzword. Um, one of our listeners. So indelible. Uh, the in Roman Catholic theology upon. The right of ordination, the, uh, the the man getting ordained, receives uh, an indelible character, this uh, special uh, blessing of grace, I guess you could say. I don't I don't I don't know what exactly they believe um, comes with that, but it's a special blessing of grace that um, that comes along with that, huh? Yeah, to match your high vocation of a priest, because you have to dispense now God's grace. Remember the Roman Catholic system, even though. They don't have it this clear when you talk to them, but the idea is that the church is the dispenser of God's grace, and grace is a um, grace is a force or a power or a substance or something like this that now um, works and manifests in meritorious good works. So through the mediation of the priests and the sacramental uh, distribution of the church, you are filled with this grace, but you have to have the priest there to do it. Otherwise, the sacrament doesn't have its sacramental character. Mm. Uh, you, the, you, you have to have the priest that has this... Kind of um, that's that's authorized then to make these the the grace manifest and distributed, etc. Whereas we would say it is the word of God that does such things. Pre- precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Good. Um, My, but but oh. uh, but that but that work is uh, we we don't divorce that work from the office though, do we? Uh, so well, we, we don't say that you know anyone then can uh, consecrate the sacrament or anyone should just be getting up in the pulpit and preaching or baptizing. Uh, that that there is an office set aside to do these tasks. Uh, but it's but it's the word of God that does these. I suspect that we would say that anybody can, but not anybody should. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be good so one. that it's not about ability, but about that which is proper or mm-hmm. ordained, or or in fact, this is my buzzword for you. Ready? No, it's, because I was going to say, and uh, for about ten minutes uh, after. Do you want the, me to get to my buzzword uh, in this about thing? About ten minutes after the ordination, <laughs> I was I was wondering if I was feeling indelible character coming on, uh, but I realized it was just aftershock from your sermon. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just, ugh, man. <laughs> you finally get your feet finally touch the ground. You're like, oh. Yeah. If the Table Talk Radio listeners would like to listen to that sermon, uh, they can send their complaints to prbw at tabletalkradio.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you get on the pulpit ready to preach my ordination sermon, just uh, press in the secret code and then oh, power the on. thing on on I the said, side. And I then said, then... Turn, pa- turn the power on and hit record. That's all you got to do. And he's all fiddling with this thing for the entire last stanza of the uh, office hymn. Yeah. So there's no recording of it. There's no proof of anything we said. But I'm going to re-preach it right now because of my buzzword for you. Okay, go. Is the word institution. Ah. Institution. That's, so an that's institution. Where I, that's where Pastor Wolfmuller goes regularly. The institution. <laughs> Institution, the definition of an institution is something that's instituted. (laughs) 
Thanks. You got it. You got it. Now, this is so the church, by the way, is an institution. I am getting tired. I mean, not really. But I wish if I would cared about this stuff, I would be very tired of people who sit there and say the church is not an institution. Well, what is it then? I mean, what are you even talking about when you say institution? I think what they, what most people say when they say institution is something that's lifeless and boring. I think that's what they mean, but they don't what they don't mean when they say institution is institution because we confess clearly that the church is instituted by Jesus. And so is the office of ministry, so is baptism, so is the Lord's Supper, for example, in the words of institution. If, if, if family and marriage is instituted and the state is instituted, then surely the church is instituted. It's an institution. So see if you can work that dude in there. All I think right. that's what I preached, huh? I don't remember that, but I wasn't listening yeah. to most of your sermons, so that would make Yeah, you sense. were too in awe, I know. Yeah. I was uh, I was thinking about not messing up, and I did anyway. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, how did that go? I don't uh, you don't remember that? Uh, what did you mess up? I forgot what you messed up. I don't know. I don't remember either. Okay. It uh, just reminds everyone that you're human. You know, you're not a robot. You're not a robot pastor. Yeah. You're not an there, I do remember this one part in your sermon though, uh, where you said that I'm a sinner, and everybody laughed. And I was thinking that must be because no one believes it that I'm a sinner. Yeah, um, they'll find out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> then I said, hey, you guys are all sinners, too. And they said, hey, that's not so funny. You <laughs> yeah. should go back to making fun of Evan. I mean, Pastor Gigline. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> hey, watch it. <laughs> I I prefer Reverend Gigline, if you don't mind. Okay, oh, we had a voicemail uh, called into our voicemail system, 1-800-385-SOLA. And the caller had this to say. Hey, I'm, uh, I just started listening to your show. Uh, great show so Sorry far. Sorry do take issue with one thing that you said. You said that we're sinners because we're temptable. Well, even Jesus was temptable, was he not? He was led away and was tempted. Just like to get your input on that. Thanks. Bye. All right. I think what this caller is responding to is when we were talking about concupiscence. concupiscence. Um, and I don't, I don't what, think... That's the guy that comes and shoots you on uh, Valentine's Day? No, no, no. no. This is uh, that we are inclined to sin. Uh, and so I don't think that I ever said that that the, the fact that we're temptable, I think the, I was using the, the the example of of the sixth commandment with lust, and so I was saying that we so oftentimes think that uh, that we don't have to repent because uh, we were oh, we were going to lust after this, but we didn't. So okay, I don't I don't have to. Well, the fact that you wanted to in the first place is a sign that uh, you need to repent. Uh, but that doesn't mean just because you are tempted. Um, so using a different example of stealing. Uh, you know, if if I decide, okay, I'm not gonna steal that candy bar, great, I don't have to repent. Well, no, the fact that you wanted to steal it is already a mark that that we're sinful. Jesus, uh, in his temptation, the devil would say, uh, you should steal this candy bar, but Jesus would never have wanted to even steal it uh, because he was a perfect son of God. So that I think is the distinction. Yes, that's right. So that uh, that we are. Uh, temptable when temptation comes to the outside is not a mark of our sinfulness, but that we have a tendency to sin, that internal inclination, that itself, that tendency itself is sin already. Yeah. Hey, you just got back from Seward, uh, Nebraska. Sure did. You were talking about, uh, did you talk about the praise song cruncher out there? Yeah, 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 that's right. Well, let's talk about oh, that boy. more right after this break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio with... Pastor Evan Gigline and Brian. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> 
Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. That's Maurice. Some people call me Maurice. And we're back on Table Talk Radio. All right, so uh, last week, Pastor Brian Wolfmuller was out in uh, Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska. Why they have that sucker in Seward? Uh, I don't know. They did a couple years ago. They, the Synod sponsored this thing called the Real Life Worship Conference, and uh, the Synod was dropping it this triennium because they, they dropped their worship thing after they published the hymnal. So uh, Seward picked it up and uh, and ran with it. So Very was, good. So what were the highlights of the of conference? Um, Besides was, you, of course. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say then. <laughs> President, President was, Harrison was, was there, wasn't he? Was, yeah, yeah, he was there. There was something like uh, there was something like three hundred. 350 people, 300 people there, and and like 40 speakers. There's so many presenters. It was incredible. The amount of things you could you could learn how to, you could learn how to play the organ, and you could learn how to write hymns, and you could just do about everything. It was incredible. Uh, the number of speakers that they had for this thing, and so there's a handful of great plenary uh, presentations, including Pam Nielsen from uh, CPH, um, was there talking about giving the children something to grow into, not something to grow out of. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, President Harrison was there talking about witness and mercy and life together. And I got to see a good buddy of mine, Derek Roberts. Uh, and uh, he and I were um, roomed together, bunked together, and uh, I got to catch up some. He was talking about technology. Uh, he, oh, that guy's so funny. He says, they said, you want a PowerPoint or something? I said, nah. So here he is talking about technology with, you know, handwritten notes or something. It was great, uh, and um, and it was just fantastic. I had a force. I had four presentations. So we talked about the myths of death. I, our table talk, I saw a bunch of table talk radio listeners there, and they came up and. How could you uh, tell they were table talk radio listeners? They were falling asleep and <laughs> susceptible to sleep and boredom. <laughs> they, they'd come up and say, "You're gonna crunch some praise songs." Oh yeah! I, so I told President Harrison after we talked about the praise song cruncher that that today marked the end of the contemporary worship in the Missouri City. <laughs> uh, but we talked. So we talked about why no one worships like a Lutheran, and here that maybe is the very most interesting thing because that's where all our theology on this has to start. And and here and here's the uh, the the statement, the thesis that I think I say it as, I, I'm going to say it as clear as possible, and then you're going to tell me if we've, I've said it before on our radio show. And that is this. No other church, aside from the Lutheran church, confesses or believes that the Lord's word is efficacious. <laughs> uh, yes, you have said this before on the air. And do you know how I know this? How? Because I remember uh, someone sent in an email uh, after you said that and said, you probably shouldn't say things like that. It makes you sound, oh, I don't remember what word he used, you know, snobby or whatever. And then uh, I remember you wrote back and said, sorry to sound snobby. Uh, by the way, do you, can you think of any other churches that believe that? And I don't think we've got a response. I, it's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's really kind of sad. I mean, we should maybe if we said it with a more of a kind of a sad, uh, quivering lip, that would make it sound better because it is. It's a horrible fact that no other church says that the Holy Spirit uses the Lord's word to bring forgiveness of sins. But I was just talking recently to uh, some Christians who are not Lutheran, 
And when I told them what we believed about uh, the efficacy of Scripture, they certainly didn't disagree with me. They wouldn't say, no, 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 that's not right. I know, but this is the point, is that, that uh, there's a lot of people that are Lutheran that go to different churches. <laughs> they need to, I mean, hey, their church, Lutheran? Right, their church doesn't teach that. I mean, no church teaches it. Calvin doesn't teach it. The, uh, the semi-Pelagian kind of evangelicals don't teach it. The Roman Catholic Church doesn't teach it. The Episcopalian Church doesn't teach it. I had a dear, wonderful lady who, with, who was Methodist, and she took me to task and said the Methodist Church teaches this. So we looked at that. A little bit. The Methodist Church doesn't do. Nobody does. It's just terrible. And so, and we even in the Lutheran Church, you know, you have the ELCA. These guys, poor guys, over there, they say that the Bible isn't even true. So if it's not true, it certainly can't be efficacious. I mean, it's just quite amazing. So that because we have the efficacy of the Word, the Scripture, the, the worship then is Jesus bringing His Word to us, which is His, which is His delivering the forgiveness of sins. So we talked about that a little bit, and then how the devil hates it. It's like um, I, the, the picture is the, the Lord's word, and so therefore worship, is like, the, is like the supply line. You know how when you go to war and there's the battle, the, uh, the front, you know? There's a front where everyone, the, you, the people kind of dig in and shooting at each other. And then you have the supply lines that go back from the front back to whatever kind of fortified position you have, and that's where uh, you know you get you gather up all the coffee and bullets and stuff and send it to the front. Well, wait, wait, so they're, they're taking just... coffee to the front lines. Oh yeah, man, you got to stay awake. You don't want to fall asleep in the front. I didn't know that. So then, uh, so then you, know, you got to eat. I mean, you guys can't just you got to eat and drink and. I'm all thinking this under the stuff. heat of battle, you drink maybe some water and have a sandwich. And I don't. I don't think you had coffee. Did they get like a latte or something like that? What? You obviously are not an experienced soldier. <laughs> that, that's why I do this radio show with you, so you can fill that void of, oh, yeah. uh, of knowledge about uh, Yeah, my battle warfare. experience. Yeah. So you, if you want to cut off the people, what you do is you attack the supply line so they can't get bullets or food and water to the front. So you attack the supply line, and then you've got, you, you've got the guy stranded out there. Well, the, the worship... The word of God and the sacraments are the supply line for heaven. It's Jesus delivering his goodness to us. Now, while other churches don't believe this, they still have the word, so they still are being delivered the Lord's mercy, even though they don't know that they are. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of tricky part, and why we don't, I mean, why there are other Christians outside the Lutheran church, because the Lord's word does this, even if people don't believe it does. But here's the point, is that th this is what makes Lutheran uh, worship and Lutheran theology so fantastically marvelous and wonderful and distinct. So the devil is always attacking the supply line, so we want to defend the supply line. In other words, we want to treasure the Lord's word, because by that word, Jesus uh, delivers himself and his cross and his forgiveness to us. Yeah, that's nice. It's why, then, you're a pastor, though, too. Because the Lord wants you to get his, he, he wants to get his word to his people. And so he says, okay, I'll have guys that do that. That's their job, to get my word to my people. So he, he calls pastors to do their pastoring, and that's precisely what they're doing. That's why he has worship. It's why he has a church. It's what evangelism is. It's what um, everything, see? So, I mean, the definition of the church is where the gospel is rightly preached and the sacraments are rightly administered. Ah, it's quite wonderful. So how does that um, affect how how we worship or the uh, the way worship is is done I want to so now can you imagine how this would go Evan you should imagine if Carrie went and sent me to the store and she says um, and she says could you pick up a few things and I said yeah sure sure she said I said what do you need she says oh just get up whatever you think we need 
<laughs> you know how oh, this would brother. go? Yeah, that's right. They come back and have have like a pack of cigars and like a, <laughs> and like a grill c- brush cleaner, you a know? five gallon tub of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, a crossword we puzzle. We definitely needed this. <laughs> yeah, and Carrie, like, what do you? What in the world is happening here? You know, we need we need milk and we need bread. What is all this nonsense? Well, I you don't I didn't know what you know, I didn't know what we need. Well, this is how it is in the church. If if we know what we need and that's precisely what the Lord wants to deliver in worship is what we need is the forgiveness of sins. So we go to church uh to get the forgiveness of sins, to hear that Jesus loves us. I mean, that that and, and when we're um you know, when we're writing sermons, preparing the bulletin, doing all this sort of stuff, that's also what we're doing there. Is we're look. I know. I know why Jesus has this here, and I know why the people are coming. And the answer is forgiveness. We have this Luther quote. I can't get this thing out of my mind. It's we have in the church nothing but pure, interrupted forgiveness of sins. That's large catechism, third article, of the creed. That's what the church is there. Everything in the church is ordered to this end: that we receive daily nothing but uninterrupted, pure forgiveness. Just beautiful. So did you receive any, oh, I don't want to say negative feedback, but any, any criticisms of uh, your presentation in Seward? Yes, of course, there's criticisms. Uh, mostly, uh, the, I mean, the criticism that I'm rude, but that's just that's not really criticism. That's just testifying to the truth. But uh, <laughs> there was, there was a, a few um, uh, people worried that, it, that this discussion of the sacraments was magical. If the sacraments did their work ex opere operata apart from faith, uh, so uh, certainly that's um, uh, not true. The sacraments deliver God's promises uh, to us objectively. We have them by faith when we believe the promises there. So uh, uh, some people suggested that I was a little bit ex opere operata. So, uh, uh, but that's certainly wrong. And then I did talk about. Uh, I mean, if I was, if I did say that, I was wrong. Uh, I, did, and I did talk about contemporary worship, and we did talk about the praise song Cruncher then as well, which was very well received from a number of people who hadn't heard it before, including a handful of uh, students from Seward. Aha! And a bunch of people. I don't know how many people have, and probably about, uh, I mean, sorry, I don't know how many people, Pastor Gagline, came <laughs> and uh, and said, I, this is so very helpful because I've, I've been very uncomfortable with this praise music, but I don't know why. And in fact, uh, there was a gentleman, a pastor, and his, his congregation, his associate pastor, congregation just started contemporary worship service, and they've been asking him to approve these songs, so he's been looking at these songs, and, he, and, and all he can say is, um, well, there's nothing wrong in them, but also it just doesn't, there's something not right about it, but there, you know, he couldn't, and he said, this is a massive, massive uh, help to me that I can be able to see why I was uncomfortable with these things. So a lot of good feedback, a bit of, a big, a bit of uh, negative feedback as well. You know, this is a divisive issue. But all together, a fantastic conference, and it was an honor to be there. Great. Well, uh, that's good to hear, and glad that you uh, made it back. And uh, you, you really had to hustle out of Oregon to get there in time. I was, and then you blew a flat tire. I was where you weren't going to make it to the conference. Oh, I was going to make it. (laughs) All right. Bible B and law and or gospel on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. (laughs) 
Table Talk Radio, the low-calorie Lutheran radio game show. Bible be law and or gospel is the game. Welcome back to Table That Talk song radio. is making me angry. Why? Why do you get angry at, at these songs? I don't know. It feels like I need to be down inside that little place where everyone lived in the Matrix. <laughs> that cave. Didn't you tell me one time that you liked walking around your in your uh, Cossacks because it felt like you're in the Matrix? <laughs> no, I'm sure I never told you. What kind of silly guy would think something like that? I'm pretty sure you. It told was me all that. good until I tried to do a backflip. <laughs> you started trying to do the limbo under bullets, and it didn't work out well. I, I mean, I could do a backflip no problem when I'm not wearing my cassock. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, oh, Bible B. So how this works is uh, we read a few verses, and the other person has to guess which book of the Bible it appears in. And then the law gospel aspect is, uh, Pastor, do you want to uh, talk about the law gospel? Yes, the law is uh, what God demands of us, and namely the Ten Commandments, do this and don't do that. And uh, and because we are sinners, the law then kills us. It condemns us. Uh, it shows our sin. It uh, it justifies God's pouring out of his own wrath. The, the gospel, on the other hand, is what Christ has done for us on the cross, his death, his forgiveness, his love, and his mercy, and that... Uh, is the good news. That's what gospel means, good news. The specific good news that God, instead of pouring out his wrath on us, poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus. Uh, so that's law and gospel. Very good. All right. Are you ready for your first entry for law and or gospel? Yes. Are we doing the three verses, one verse, one word thing? Or Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I've only got my first one picked out, so... Uh, okay. I gotta, I, depending on how hard the ones you give me are, it will be determine how hard. <laughs> well, the ones I thought, you <laughs> I thought based upon our our pre-show conversation that we were going using the text from our respective lectionaries. True, uh, it is. So uh, I my my church uh, uses uh, the three-year lectionary from Lutheran Service Book. Yeah, and, I've heard um, about that. And uh, your church uses the historic one year, right? I heard about that three-year lectionary somewhere. Yeah, it's it's out there. All right, so here is your first entry. I think I was reading about Vatican II. For Bible beam. Here it is. <laughs> Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skies of the excuse me the skirts of the earth, and the wicked shall be shaken out of it? It is changed like day under uh, sir, it it is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Uh, it's got to be either, I mean, uh, it's always the option on the table is Esther, the book of Esther. <laughs> so it could be from Esther. But that sounds an awful lot more like the book of Job, where Job, Job is clinging the whole time to the righteousness of faith. And then at the end, he switches and clings to his own righteousness by works. And that's when uh, 
that's when his buddy, the young guy, uh, Eliezer, is that right? Comes and says, hey, uh, Job, you, you go too far. And then the Lord comes along and says, yes, that's right, Job, you go too far. And uh, says things like this, where gird your loins, I will question you like a man. Were you there uh, when the world was created, etc.? Uh, and gives and and God gives Job a talking to you. Job are not righteous except by my declaring you to be righteous. So I think this sounds like it's from the book of the prophet Job. It is. Uh, do you want to guess chapter? Oh sure, I'll guess chapter. Uh, Job chapter thirty. Nine. Oh, 38. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, pretty close, though. Very yeah, good. Uh, all right. Whew. Law and or gospel. This is law. And it is, I mean, the Lord is just laying it on Job here. Saying, I mean, like I mentioned before, saying, uh, convicting him of his own sinfulness. I mean, Job, remember the whole story of Job here. He, Job knows that he's righteous because of the sacrifices. Job hears at the point of the sacrifice. Job hears the heavenly, um, the heavenly declaration of his own righteousness. So when his kids are uh, fasting and Job says, "Oh, maybe they're going to be sinning or whatever," he goes and he sacrifices for them so that his kids would be declared righteous. And he so he knows that he's also declared righteous by the sacrifice. But, but, um, uh, he 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 goes a little too far and claims his own righteousness, and the Lord comes in and just blasts away at him. And that's what this text is. So this is law. That is true. All right, you get 200 points for getting the book oh, and 200 points you. for getting uh, law. Um, wow, this is I've never had points before with Bible B. <laughs> no, <laughs> now I know why you want to do the lectionary. <laughs> call up a uh, call up Pastor Catchelmeyer and tell him I got some points. <laughs> I I see why you wanted to do this. So uh, would you would you have the hymnal out right there, looking at what my my texts were? <laughs> no, that oh, no, okay. that was uh, just a good honest uh, good honest. Okay. Now yes. I I didn't look at the look at the, look yours up either. Um, uh, but I understand that most people who are on the one year lectionary are so so that when uh, they get stuck, they can just lean on Luther and steal a sermon from him. Is that right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. You could do much worse, couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, lean on Luther better than leaning on whatever, Schleiermacher, whoever the <laughs> U3 you guys read. <laughs> John Paul III or whatever. Yeah, we're just sitting around reading, you know, Schleiermacher and, and Pope John Paul III, you know. <laughs> massive library yep. here. Okay. So here I'm, it is, right? I have no idea. Let's hear it. Uh, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I, I think this is pr maybe the gospel reading. Sounds right. <laughs> okay. Um, I, huh, I'm having a hard time picking out anything that would distinguish it uh, from the others. I don't think it's Matthew. Um, I can't tell you why. And I don't think it's John. So I'm going to go with either Mark or Luke. And uh, just as a guess, I'm going to say Luke. That's a very good guess. It's actually Gospel of Mark. Ah. Chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000. Now, I was trying, because this could have been this could have been the feeding of the 5,000, which right. in fact is in all four Gospels. Right. 
uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the very few things in all four Gospels. And then the feeding of the 4,000 is both in Matthew and Mark. And I was kind of um, mm. wandering around here, and I finally found the the only difference, um, the, the only difference between the Mark text and the Matthew text is that the Mark text adds this, and some of them had come a long way. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, so we just had the, the feeding of 5,000 last week in the three-year lectionary. Um, and so I was, uh, I, it just the wording didn't sound right. So I didn't think it was Matthew, um, yeah. but I, I couldn't pick out uh, where it was from there. So, yeah, this is by the way for the, um, uh, let me check here. This is the seventh Sunday after Trinity Sunday. Okay. So, okay. So law or gospel. Oh, uh, read it again points, for that. by the way. Read it again for that. Uh, in those days, uh, the multitude being very great, having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their own homes, they will faint on their way, for some of them have come from afar. Okay, this is gospel. I mean, that uh, God God's providing for us. Um, and, he, and he's doing this out of compassion so that... Uh, that, that that God sees our condition and and is moved uh, and, and and has compassion and mercy on us. Uh, this this is good news for us. This is gospel. Uh, he's he so he's he's uh, simply just just providing first article gifts uh, to his, to his to his people, uh, and that's what this text is about. Yeah, there's this marvelous connection. I mean, because apart from the cross, we we get nothing but God's wrath. But because of the death of Jesus on the cross, now also every other good thing comes to us, including food, home, etc. And this word, uh, I got to hear President Harrison talking about this uh, word again, the splagizomai, is what's there. Jesus looks at them and he splagizomais them. He has compa- He spills out his bowels for them. That, that God would think this of us is really uh, incredible. I think that uh, he just likes saying that word, so he just talks about it all the time. Yeah. Harrison, I mean. True. Uh, okay, are you ready for round two? Yes. Hmm. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> I'm trying to decide which verse here that wouldn't totally give it away. Um... Okay, uh, there. This is a give. I could get this. So I know that you'll get it. You ready? <laughs> oh, that's a setup. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Um, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, "Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us?" Ah, they have not all obeyed the gospel. And then the writer of this text quotes. Uh, the call of Isaiah. Remember when Isaiah's called to speak to them in parables, and they'll and uh, and they won't hear, they won't believe you. They'll be confounded. So that so that Isaiah is called to confound the people. Just astonishing. And Jesus quotes that when he said when he's explaining why he teaches in parables. It's darkness to the darkened. Uh, they have not all believed. Uh, is this commentary on this? So this is doing the New Testament thing of commenting on the or uh, explaining and unfolding the Old Testament. Sounds an awful lot like, uh, if I remember, Paul when he's talking about the Jews and how not all the Jews believed. And I, that's going to be uh, his theme in the in the end part of Romans. So is this the epistle to the Romans? Is Romans your final answer? Yes. You are going to find out right after this break. (laughs) I could be a game show host. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Come on. Uh, All right, when American we get back Idol. on Table Talk Radio, we're going to find out if Romans is the right guest on Bible Beat. We'll be right back. I want to run You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Never imitated, never duplicated. not angry are you pastor that music makes me so mad <laughs> why does that song make you mad i don't know that, that song should make you want to feel like a hippie or something uh i did already <laughs> i uh, uh is that clarence clearwater revival do i have that right nope you don't who is that uh, i never have these songs keep talking i'll, I'll find it i don't i i think we should just be silent for a little while because that makes good radio does it Last time I checked, it didn't. But isn't that the first rule of radio? Pregnant silences are important. <laughs> I'm just trying to cover for you from the last segment when you were looking for the verse. Uh, I bet you've forgotten what we're doing on this silly little radio. No, show. I we're probably going to uh, finish up Bible B, and then you were going to tell us stories about your first week of being a pastor. Oh yeah, stories. Okay. So, but first, you were going to tell me if I got this verse right. Oh, that's Romans. what it was. Okay, I knew I was forgetting something. Uh, what was your guess again? Romans. Romans. Romans is correct. Very good. Yeah. So this you want me is... to guess the chapter now? Uh, sure. Chapter 10. Yeah, that's right. Verse 22. Wrong. 16. Hmm. But this is the section where Paul is talking about whether those uh, can uh, ascend into heaven for their salvation. Um, and he says, no, uh, uh, you can't. <laughs> uh, that, that, that faith comes by believing the, uh, the faith comes from, from, the, from the word of God uh, and hearing. So this, here's this, here's this uh, efficacy you were talking about. Um, and, and so it says, how, how can they believe in him if if, uh, if if they've never heard the preaching? And how can they hear it if, if, if no one's ever been called to preach, uh, if, if they've never been sent? Uh, and so this this is the classic text um, that people will use. Let's see, what verse is this? Um, oh, yeah, so verse, verse 10. Uh, For with the heart one believes and one is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so this is almost always used uh, to defend decision theology, as if, this confessing with the mouth is the decision. Um, but actually, the context piece speaks exactly against what uh, the, the theology of decision theology, that, that it's not our decision that, that brings about faith, but it's, it's this passive receiving of hearing the, the Lord's word. That's well said and right and a good point. Thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of points, you have a few. Yeah, that's 600. Now, i got to do law and gospel on this. This is then um, law. huh? Yeah. Again, condemning the people because they didn't hear it. And if you don't hear the Lord's word, if you don't believe it, then you're 
A bit in trouble, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak? Maybe some of our listeners have this question, or maybe I do. I'm just hiding it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have a friend who wonders uh, about this. I have, a, I have a friend who was wondering about this. It says, but they have not obeyed the gospel. And a lot of times when we're playing this very game, we're talking about the gospel not having any demands. So that You're how right, can you right. obey the gospel which has no demands? The obedience of the gospel is faith. So the way we obey the gospel is by believing it. Because there's nothing to do. I mean, there can't be anything to do. The gospel is a promise. See, it's not a law, so it's not a command. The way you the way you obey a commandment is by doing it. The way you obey a promise is by keeping it. That's all. Okay, very good. So I say I give you a promise like this. Hey, the Rockies are going to win tomorrow. And you and then you start sticking a banana in your ear or something. I say, look, I didn't tell you to do anything. I just told you to believe it. On the other hand, if I told you, hey, stick a banana in your ear, and you said, oh, I believe you. Say, what do you th- I didn't give you something to believe. I gave you something to do. Right. Or if you said, uh, this would be the commingling of the two. If you said, stick a banana in my ear and the Rockies will win, well, then there's synergism right there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anything to, for the Rockies to win, though, I'm telling you, man. We don't, uh, we don't have uh, uh, Major League Baseball here in Oregon. It, in Grants Pass? There's not a Grants Pass team? No, no. Sorry. Or Rogue River, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, just well, Grants Pass is just down the road a few miles. So, all yeah. right, uh, I guess it's uh, your turn to give me a, a text. Oh yeah, okay. Let me. I'm looking for my one-word clue. This is kind of hard to find a one-word clue in the text. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Wait, we're not there it, yet. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, here, uh, I'll, I'll give you this one. Oh, where did it go? We therefore, brethren are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Oh, that's it, huh? That's it. This sounds Pauline. Um, Give it to me one more time. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I'm going to throw out Romans. Uh, This could be Romans or maybe Galatians. Uh, maybe Ephesians, but I'm going to go with Romans. Yes, you're right. Romans, <laughs> chapter 8. Nice. Verse 12. Yeah. Nice work. You uh, got points here. Let me jot it down. I need to work on long gospel this, though. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I need it one more time because I'm Therefore, thick. brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Uh, I think this is gospel. I, I suppose. Oh, let, let me have it. Why? I suppose you could take <clears throat> it as law. Uh, I think that Paul is sta- uh, stating this in the indicative. In other words, he's not commanding that we live not to the to the flesh, unless the further context would reveal that. Um, but it sounds like from this one verse, he is saying that that uh, he's stating who we are uh, as a new creation. What do you think of I think that? You're right. How about this? I'll give you the context. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, mm. Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and of children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, yeah. that we might also be glorified together with him. That's one of my favorite passages of Scripture right there. That, Beautiful. Uh, that, I mean, describing what this baptism is that we receive and it, that we're we're adopted as, as uh, God's... God's own children, and this is the, this is the interesting thing about uh, adoption too, is that 
um, that you legally change your name, and uh, when your when your name changes, then whatever inheritance you may have been been uh, given be- just because of your name, uh, if you're an heir, uh, then you lose all those all those rights that, uh, when your name changes. But you gain all the inheritance uh, given to you by that new family, and so it is. Uh, uh, here, so that what we deserve, being born into sin, what we inherit inherit is death. Um, but but we're adopted as sons of God, and 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 we lose the the the, the previous inheritance that we that we rightfully deserved, and uh, we are given a new inheritance. We're we're an, uh, a fellow heir with Christ, and so we uh, we're welcome to the heavenly places where where Christ is, uh, because we're now a, a child of God through baptism. Um, what a wonderful thing! Yep, you got it. So that that text is just beautiful, beautiful gospel. All right, are you ready for your one-word clue? Yes, I am. All right, this is, okay, so I'm, you know, none of these I think are going to be too exclusive to the book, but I'll give it a whirl. Um, All right. How about the word, huh, uh, ceased? Ceased, like stopped? Right. Uh, ceased. Ceased. Where would we talk about something ceasing? Um, I don't this know. This radio show is going to cease pretty soon. Well, I'll just st- throw something out there. Uh, the book of uh, Matthew. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> is that the right? Shot in the dark, yes. Oh, yeah. What do you uh, mean? I knew it. I knew it all along. All right, along. what's I the context here? Law or gospel? Uh, oh, yeah, ceased. That's law. <laughs> How about, I'll give you the verse. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Oh, yeah, well, that's maybe more gospel-y. <laughs> you know the story that's now? fantastic. Yeah, uh, calming of the sea. Uh, Peter walking on water. Uh, this is a great picture of how... Look, Jesus, I mean, this is just amazing. Every time Jesus does a miracle, you got to say, uh, you got to get the sense that he's showing you that when he dies on the cross, it's not because he has to. It's because he wants to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can make the water calm down. And then he says, okay, you guys could stick me with nails and bleed me to death. Mm. I mean, it's just incredible. Ugh, marvelous. All right. Hey, I got one for you. Okay. Sheepfold. This only occurs once in the Bible, by the way, and in one of our lectionary texts. I think it's one of the Gospels. Um, I want to say this is when Jesus is talking about um, uh, that he is the door. Is that right? I wonder if that's right. That would be around the Good Shepherd text. Is that from the Gospel of John? It is. You got it, man. Well, I can't believe it. We both got our one-word clues. <laughs> and I didn't get, get the ones where you give me a full verse. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this, uh, if, is that the right context where you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, most assuredly, I tell you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs yeah. in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So someone told me one time that uh, that, that the way these shepherds used to do it uh, was that they would, they would kind of pin their sheep into kind of a corner. And then they would they would lay in the door, so they would literally be the door, uh, so that if if any sheep tried to leave, they would wake up the shepherd. But if any wolves try to get in, uh, they would wake up the shepherd too. So Jesus is saying, "I am the door. Um, nice. That that anyone who comes in or goes out is through me." 
Um, I, that is incredible. I had never heard that before. That's yeah, nice. I don't, I don't know if it's That's true, funny. but it's it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we only have 30 seconds left in the show. So, law or gospel? Oh, uh, gospel. Gospel. That's great. What's the best thing about being a pastor? Um, I mean, besides the uh, 800 points you just won. <laughs> I think just the points. The points is, what, is what's great. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the... Uh, the honor it is, the honor it is to be an instrument um, used by God to uh, uh, to deliver His gifts. Um, you know, the the Tuesday after my ordination, I, I wanted to be sure to get out and um, and uh, take take communion to to the shut-ins. I was worried that the shut-ins hadn't uh, had been neglected, and they hadn't because the, the 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 vacancy pastor was really good about visiting shut-ins, um, but we. We, we talked about um, life and death, and and then we I gave her the Lord's Supper, and there was that such joy, uh, that uh, and in fact so much so that she gave me a, a card the next day saying thank you for bringing me to the Lord's Supper, and uh, be, being able to 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 be used uh, by God in uh, in all those uh, in those situations to deliver His gifts um, is really is really is really a great honor. It's fantastic and well said, thank Pastor you. Gagline. Thank you. This is the longest 30 seconds of my life. <laughs> there it goes. Is it finally up? Is the yeah. bump coming on? Here it comes. I better think of a sign-off joke quick. Yeah, you have, yeah. <laughs> you have 30 seconds <laughs> to think of a sign-off joke. Oh, good. Where's the music? There it is. I don't hear it. Oh, there you go. Ah, there it is. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Technical difficulties. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. The points are like the devotional quality of the synodical bylaws. (laughs) You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.